Hello, welcome back to the podcast. We are on episode 11 this week and I am going to be talking about something that I think everyone will be able to relate to. Um, I'm going to delve into caffeine and how it works, um, the dosage, how much we should be taking, when we should stop drinking it, some of the benefits and some of the downsides to it. Um, So caffeine is the world's most popular drug. It's like a psychoactive drug. Um, And it comes from coffee beans and other plants. But it can also be made in a lab as well. We consume it most popularly in things like tea, coffee, tablet form and energy drinks. And I think sometimes people consume it and don't realize that they're actually consuming caffeine or how much caffeine that they consume on a daily basis without realizing it. Um, so caffeine then can be cons- or classed as an ergogenic aid that's in relation to sports performance, just that it helps to improve performance and then a nootropic. So that is because it's linked with mental stimulation. So it can improve your cognitive function. So your um, ability to concentrate and focus. So it's really popular because it is really beneficial, but again, it's in the correct dosage. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So firstly, I just want to talk about how it actually works so that you have a little bit of a background into what caffeine is, how it works in your body, and maybe why you feel certain ways when you're taking it. Or at least you can be more aware of how you're feeling if you are someone that drinks a lot of tea or a lot of coffee. So I won't go too much into it, but in our brain, we have these receptors and one of them promotes sleepiness whenever it's activated. So you'll feel sleepy, but caffeine actually blocks this, which means that you'll be having an increase in alertness. So you'll feel more awake. So that's when people feel awake in the morning um, when they take caffeine. By blocking a different receptor in the brain, caffeine increases dopamine, which we spoke about before. It's like your feel-good hormone, um, and that helps to improve your mood and improve your um, stimulation. So that's kind of how the two receptors work in the brain when you consume caffeine. So it prevents you from feeling sleepy, or it prevents that receptor that promotes sleepiness um, by just blocking it, and it um, blocks another receptor to help increase dopamine, which is your mood and your stimulation. So out of these two receptors, there's one that doesn't get desensitized. So that's why we still get that feeling of, you know, you feel awake when you take some coffee, um, even though you consume it daily because we can get accustomed to it. Um, So one of those does not get desensitized. However, the other one then does get desensitized. And that's why people who drink coffee daily won't get the same stimulation from it. You might get the same feeling of alertness or awake, but you won't get the same focus. So those using caffeine as an ergogenic aid that I mentioned earlier for sports performance should cycle it so that you're getting the best from it when you actually need it. So that you're not just um, consuming it daily and then having it as, let's say, a pre-workout, but you're so accustomed to it that it doesn't have the same effect. So you want to be keeping it for your heavy training days or your competition days, let's say. So um, that's what some people don't realize when they're having it, that they have so much every day and maybe they go over the recommended amount um, every day. And then they think then that 
it should still work for their performance wise whether that's through a pre-workout mix or if you just have coffee as your pre-workout it's the same thing it's just the dosage of caffeine that we'll be looking at now if you're looking to um reverse the tolerance that you have to caffeine you're looking at about a week or two of just going cold turkey and cutting it out and then you will be back to kind of your baseline and you can start from there again to use it the way it should be used. So if you want to cycle it and use it for sports performance or if you want to limit it to let's say one cup a day, that's the way you really should be using it if you're looking for it to get the benefits for caffeine as a stimulant for let's say sports performance. So that's kind of a background as to how it works and like where it comes from. Now we'll talk about some of the benefits that you can get from caffeine because there's also some drawbacks as well. How it relates to hydration, what's the dose that you should be having and what's the common kind of doses of caffeine in certain drinks. Because I think that's an important one. People don't actually realize what caffeine is in the drinks that they're having. And I know some people will say they're having, let's say, green tea. There's still some caffeine in green tea, but they could be having five, six cups a day and that builds up and you might not realize that the caffeine in that adds up. So we'll talk about that as we go. But first I want to talk about the benefits and I mentioned them briefly already, but the first benefit is that it enhances cognition. So that's like your brain um, and improves your focus. So because caffeine increases the adrenaline and dopamine, it helps to improve your focus and your mood. However, like I said, if you drink it daily, you'll end up needing caffeine just to regain that normal level of dopamine because it can downregulate. So if you're someone that has coffee every single day, even if it's just one cup, if you have caffeine daily, I mentioned that the second brain receptor um, desensitizes. So dopamine will downregulate. So then you'll actually rely on that coffee just to get that baseline of dopamine. So that's when you want to kind of come off it and then use it smartly, let's say. Um, So it can enhance your cognition, but like I said, you have to be aware of how you're dosing it. And if you're having too much every day, you might not get the same effect if that's what you're looking for it to do. So then the second benefit then would be that it can improve the power output. So this is when we use it as an ergogenic aid to improve sports performance or just performance in general, athletic performance. So you're talking a dose of around four to 600 milligrams. That's one of the most potent ways to temporarily improve your strength through supplements. So that's what you'll see in a lot of studies that use caffeine. They'll use in and around 400 up to maybe 800 milligrams of caffeine when they're doing tests and they'll do tests on like power output on a Wingate test or something like that. Um, And it has been shown to be effective, but again, you have to make sure that you're cycling caffeine properly so that you're not just getting accustomed to it. So those who rarely consume caffeine, they'll see the best, obviously, um, improvements in their power output especially in things like anaerobic activity um that includes resistance training as well so really high intensity exercise or in the gym as well so it's best to take if you're using caffeine as an ergogenic aid best to take it around 45 minutes before um training um because that's when 
the stomach and the small intestine will absorb it best and then it'll get into the bloodstream. So I see a lot of people, they'll be like on the way to the gym and they'll be having a can of Monster or they'll be sipping their pre-workout while they're in the gym and that just doesn't make any sense because by the time you're finished your session, it's just really getting that hit. You're only really getting that hit from caffeine then. So that's when you're getting the maximal effect. So you're not getting the same effect as you would if you had it properly 45 minutes before because it would just be kicking in as you start your session then so that's something to think about if you do take a pre-workout because again a pre-workout is just the caffeine in it really sometimes it will have the right mix of a few other supplements as well but generally a caffeine hit will do the same job so whether that's caffeine tablets or a cup of coffee so that's something to keep in mind is that the timing of the caffeine if you're using it as an ergogenic aid um, the third benefit then is one I don't really like talking about, but technically it can help to burn fat. And if you're thinking now that your diet is crap, you don't even train and you're just taking that one thing from this podcast that caffeine helps to burn fat, then you are, have got it all wrong. <laughs> you need to fix everything else first. And then these little small things, caffeine can be used as a supplement and that's when everything else is in place. And it's just negligible. So it's just when you have everything else right. So because it has a, a thermogenic effect, so that just means that there's an increase in heat production. Um, and over long term as well, the, it helps to release fatty acids. They can just be used as fuel then. But that does not mean that it just, you know, strips your body from fat. That's not what I'm saying. So some people also find when they are in a calorie deficit or they're trying to diet down that coffee can act as um, hunger suppressant. So sometimes they can have a cup of coffee and they won't feel as hungry then. So it can just hold off the hunger for a little bit. So that again is a byproduct of caffeine being able to be used during dieting. But it does have a small effect on fat loss. So then you have the downsides obviously to every upside. So um one is acid reflux and just that caffeine can promote conditions that lead to acid reflux. So if you're someone that uh, suffers with that, you might want to look at your caffeine intake and see, are you having too much or are you having caffeine at all in your diet? And maybe cut that back and see, does acid reflux improve? Um, another one then is blood pressure. Now, the evidence of long-term effects of caffeine on blood pressure is kind of mixed. So this is still being researched but obviously it's known that your blood pressure increases after you consume caffeine because it causes a short-term spike obviously that is more prominent in those who don't really have caffeine um so non-caffeine drinkers or those that already have hypertension so it's just something to think about if you are someone that deals with any blood pressure high blood pressure issues that you might not want to be having loads of caffeine um, in your diet. So then you have caffeine and people always ask if they should be having caffeine. You know, I always get the question that it dehydrates you. It's like, should I be having that? Because does that not dehydrate you? And it doesn't, you can be, um, consuming caffeine as part of your daily fluid intake. So caffeinated drinks in general. So like whether that is 
energy drinks, whether it's coffee, whether it's normal tea, whether it's green tea, herbal tea, these caffeinated drinks count towards your daily fluid intake. And I always say it, but your daily fluid intake should be around 35 milliliters per kilo of your body weight, if you're not aware. So that's your daily fluid intake. Let's say it's two liters of fluid. You can make that up from water, tea, coffee, and other liquids. But the caffeinated drinks can still count towards it because they might have a mild diuretic effect, just meaning that they might cause you the need to go to the bathroom to urinate. They don't appear to have an increased risk of dehydrating you. So you're not going to urinate more than what you um, consumed. I think if you have a, um, a shot of espresso, it has a larger diuretic effect. I might be wrong on that. But as far as I'm aware, in the form of like Americano or long, long drinks in terms of coffee and tea, um, the diuretic effect is mild. I know just from increasing water in general, never mind caffeine, you're running to the bathroom all the time anyway. Like that's just um, with increasing your fluid intake, you're going to increase the amount of times you have to urinate in a day. So that's completely normal. Um, so yeah, so healthy adults, so like how much should we be taking? That's obviously something that we need to be aware of now is we know the benefits, we know the downsides, we know how it works, but how much is too much and what should, what we, what should we be aiming for? So healthy adults, it looks like around 400 milligrams is safe enough. And that's usually what studies use and they can go beyond 400 milligrams and it's still safe as well, but not on a daily basis in the studies they don't use on a daily basis um, or long-term, let's say. If you're pregnant or breastfeeding, it's also um, recommended that you don't go beyond around 200 milligrams of caffeine a day. I know some people just avoid it altogether, um, but if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, that's the amount you should try and limit your caffeine to, however you're getting it. Um, so... I know I said that around 400 milligrams is safe, but how much should you be aiming for? So you can individualize it. So an average of around three to six milligrams per kilo of your body weight is normal. Um, so let's say a 70 kilo person, that's around 210 milligrams to 420 milligrams a day. If you're new to caffeine, obviously start at the lower end of that. I would even start at around 100 milligrams if you've never had caffeine before, or let's say coffee, or you're not a tea drinker. Um, so start at that lower dose, so around 100 milligrams, and see how you feel, see if you get an effect from it. And if you do get an effect from it, great, because then you don't need to go beyond that. Um, if you're looking at what that looks like, I will give you examples of different drinks and the amount of caffeine in those drinks. Um, so three to six milligrams per kilo. So write that down and be aware of the amount of caffeine that you're actually consuming now. Because one of the things I found in the any of my programs or with my clients or especially my seven day kind of Kickstarter plan, caffeine is something that I really, really nailed down on people to limit. So I set them a cutoff time so they weren't allowed to have it past a certain time. And I also um, gave them a limit to how many cups they could have in a day because it can affect your sleep. And I suppose that's another downside that I should have spoke about is that obviously you know that 
if you're having poor sleep, that's the first thing we look at is your caffeine intake. And that's because it can impair your sleep quality. Um, and that can vary from person to person. It might mean that you wake up throughout the night. It might mean that you sleep like a baby, but your actual quality of sleep reduces without you realizing it. So you might wake up more groggy than you um, should, let's say. Um, so caffeine has an average half-life. And this is something that you need to be aware of as well, is that caffeine has an average half-life of five to six hours. That means that the active dose of caffeine that's in your system from whatever you've had that day or the day before halves every five hours, around five to six hours. That means it would take about 10 hours for 200 milligrams of caffeine to drop down to 50 milligrams and 15 hours for 50 milligrams to half again down to 25 milligrams. And 25 milligrams is kind of considered um, negligible when it comes to caffeine. And you'll see that now in the drinks that I tell you how much caffeine has in them. So I think that's a really important thing that you should be aware of is the half-life of coffee. Because it's not just that it disappears after six hours, it just halves. So if you've had, you know two large cups of coffee let's say you've had 400 milligrams of caffeine in a day that will half after five or six hours so that'll half down to 200 milligrams after five or six hours that's 200 still active in your system which will take another five to six hours to half down to 100 milligrams which is still a decent amount of caffeine to have in your system so then another five to six hours to half that down to 50 milligrams and then another down to 25 which is the negligible dose so you can see how it's always it can be in your system so you really need to control the amount that you're having and I think that's why it's really important that people do have you know a week off here and there um I drastically cut mine maybe last year, because I was just having it all the time. But then I set myself, you know, timings that you won't have it past, let's say, three o'clock. And I'll set myself a dosage that I won't go beyond as well. And it's important that you know roughly how much is in certain types, or let's say coffee shops versus home and things like that, that sometimes it's going to be a lot higher and sometimes a lot less. And it's important for you to know that because, especially if you want a higher dose for, let's say, the ergogenic aid or the nootropic effect, then you want to make sure that you're having a, a decent dose. But if you're at home and you're just having a, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, you'll know that it's a little bit less um, caffeine that you're consuming. So that's something that's really important as well. Um, so the dosage, like I said, three to six milligrams per kilo. And let's say that's between 210 milligrams and 420 milligrams for an average 70 kilo person. Now I'm just going to list certain drinks that have X amount of caffeine. I just have them written down here. So I'm just going to read them out and you can see ones that stand out to you and get an idea of how much caffeine is in those. So, you know, your little energy shot drinks that you can buy in like any shops, supplement shops, or you can get them at the checkout desk. Now, energy shots have around 200 milligrams of caffeine in them, and that would be the highest. Now, remember I said that the dosage for a 70 kilo person is from 210 to 420 milligrams. So already that little shot would be 200 milligrams gone. So normal brewed coffee then um, would be about 163 milligrams. Short Starbucks, so about a medium roast in Starbucks and a short drink would be 155 milligrams. Dunkin' Donuts, small brewed coffee would be 150 milligrams. Monster Energy Drink, so I know these are really popular at home anyway in Ireland, 145 milligrams. 
Um, Tim Hortons, for all you Canadians, for a regular coffee but small, is 140 milligrams. Starbucks double shot um, can, so the drinks that you can buy in the shop, that can is 110 milligrams. McDonald's small, just the regular brewed coffee, is 109 milligrams. A normal shot of espresso is roughly 77 milligrams. So a lot of people might get a double shot of espresso. So again, you're talking about 160 milligrams there. Red Bull has 76 milligrams. So if you're someone that drinks Red Bull with your alcohol on a night out, there you can see how that can quickly add up. And maybe that's why you feel your heart ready to burst out of your chest (laughs) Um, from the stimulation from the caffeine so starbucks dark mocha frappuccino um as well as all the calories in it there is 70 milligrams of caffeine nespresso so if you have a nespresso machine at home there is the little pods so the levanto and the roma pods have around 66 milligrams regular instant coffee that you buy and you just make at home is 57 milligrams a diet coke is 46 black tea is 42 now this is one that i had a few people would be surprised that um, because they're like, no, I don't drink coffee. I just have tea. And they might be having literally 10 cups of tea in a day. That is black tea. So 42 milligrams by 10. So 420 milligrams, which is exactly the highest dose recommended for a 70 kilo person. So someone that thinks that maybe they're not having caffeine when actually they're having the highest end of the recommended dose just from tea it's something that you might want to look at because that also has the same effect as coffee um, if you're having that amount. So black um, black tea, like I said, 42 milligrams. Dr. Pepper, 41. Coke Zero, 36. Regular Coca-Cola, 34. Green tea, 25. And 25 was the amount that I said was like a negligible amount. But if you're having lots and lots of it in a day, of course, that adds up. So if you're having four cups of green tea in a day, that's 100 milligrams caffeine. Remember, that takes about five, six hours to half that amount and then another five to six hours to half it again, down to where it would be um, negligible again from the four cups. Decaf brew has six milligrams, so that's a very small amount, but if you're having loads of it, still adds up. Um, Hot chocolate, five milligrams, and then Sprite and 7-Up, zero milligrams. So I hope that's beneficial for you, and you realize now that certain drinks that you might be having have more caffeine or less caffeine than you thought, and maybe if you are looking for caffeine to help you whether that's focus or whether it's performance wise, you can now use it for that. So use the dosage for you, three to six milligrams per kilo. Um, Time it around when you need it most. Like I said, if it's for sports performance, keep it for your heavy days training or your um, high performance days, whether that's competition or match day. Um, And if you need to cut it out, around a week should be enough to get you back to your reverse the tolerance that you have to it because you build up a tolerance quite easy to caffeine and um, it's always good to have that week off to kind of reset that tolerance. So that's it. I hope that covers everything that you might be wondering about caffeine um, and if you have any questions obviously you're always free to send me a message or an email at caloriesandcarbs at gmail.com. I'm just going to leave it there it's in and around my 20 minute mark and last thing I'm going to mention is that I have my six week learn to lose program 
So it's online program starting on Monday, the 6th of May, and that is open now for you to sign up. And it's still at the discounted price of £69. So if you're interested in that, go to my Facebook page or my Instagram. The links are there. Um, there's a video explaining what it's about. It's including your training and nutrition for six weeks. Um, it's very affordable for what you will get. And whether you're just looking to improve your nutrition alongside the training you already do or if you're looking for training at home or in the gym it's all there so go check out my Facebook page or my Instagram for that and I'll be running a Facebook competition today for a free spot on the plan so that's it I hope you have a lovely weekend and um, let me know if you have any questions or any ideas for the podcast going forward thank you